sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A new week starts right here, right now. Live on a Monday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well. That includes SportsGrid.com slash watch. Find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here bright and early on this Monday morning to kick off a new week. A ton to get to after the opening weekend series of the second half of the Major League Baseball season. We'll go all around the bigs on this Monday. A big update in the National Football League as teams in the NFL players start to report to training camp this week. All that and more over these next two hours. We bring you up until 11 a.m. Eastern time live right here on the grid. And some of that more includes a championship weekend on the lawn at Wimbledon at the All England Club in London. The men's and women's final and a new era has possibly begun in the world of tennis. Somebody looking to unseat Novak Djokovic and his reign at Wimbledon. Well, the young 20-year-old Spaniard, Carlos Alcaraz, does that yesterday in the men's final at Wimbledon, winning in a five-set thriller, snapping Novak Djokovic's streak of four straight Wimbledon championships. Carlos Alcaraz, a Grand Slam winner for the second time in his career again, only at the age of 20 years old. And Alcaraz just turned 20 back at the beginning of May. Alcaraz pulling the upset in that five-set stutter and thriller. He was booked as a plus 166 money line match underdog entering the final against Novak Djokovic. It took four hours and 42 minutes, but it was Alcaraz taking control in that fifth set, breaking Novak Djokovic and winning the 2023 Wimbledon men's title. Novak Djokovic was seeking his 24th career Grand Slam. It would have been the most in the open era in the history of tennis on either the men's or women's side. Djokovic was looking for his eighth Wimbledon championship, his fifth consecutive. It seemed that on grass, there was a new dominant force. But as Djokovic even said after the match, he didn't have to worry about Carlos Alcaraz on grass, maybe on the hard court or on clay. But now Alcaraz inserting him himself into the world of tennis with a Wimbledon championship. The 20-year-old Spaniard is the number one ranked player in the world. He lost to Novak Djokovic in the men's semifinal at Roland Garros at the French Open, admitted afterward that, hey, he was nervous going up against a guy that he idolized. But now his second Grand Slam championship, including last year's 2022 U.S. Open, to take down a huge major title and in fact at Wimbledon it has been an era of four for as long as Carlos Alcaraz has been born the past two decades plus because dating back to 2002 only four guys had ever won the title at Wimbledon Novak Djokovic he has won seven he was looking for number eight yesterday Roger Federer the most all-time on the men's side with eight Rafael Nadal and Andy Murray only those four players have won a men's Wimbledon championship 
in the lifetime of Carlos Alcaraz. So again, possibly a new era beginning in the world of tennis. His second Grand Slam championship, he will look to defend his 2022 U.S. Open title in just about a month up in Flushing here in New York for the 2023 U.S. Open. The 20-year-old Carlos Alcaraz, victorious in five sets as the underdog against Novak Djokovic yesterday at Wimbledon. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number one of the first day of this new week. It's a Monday. Live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So Carlos Alcaraz, victorious in the men's championship at Wimbledon. Stunning Novak Djokovic as the match money line underdog it was a similar phenomenon on the women's side Marketa Vandrosova victorious at Wimbledon in the women's final on Saturday afternoon upsetting Ons Jabor in doing so in dominant fashion in straight sets 6-4 6-4 to become the first ever unseeded women to win a title at Wimbledon the first ever unseated player on the women's side in that draw to win a Wimbledon championship Ons Jabor finishes runner up at Wimbledon for the second consecutive year so as we look at Marketa Vondrosova and what the odds said for this improbable run becoming the first ever unseated woman to win a title at Wimbledon she entered with the 27th shortest she was 120 to 1 to win the championship that she was able to hoist on Saturday at the All England Club. Even entering the quarterfinal round was still 31 to 1. But she makes history, does Marketa Vondrosova, becoming the first ever unseated woman at Wimbledon to win a championship. So now the fourth and final Grand Slam of this year starting in just a few weeks in Queens. It's at Flushing. Arthur Ashe Stadium, the 2023 U.S. Open, back on the hard court. Novak Djokovic does enter as the slight favorite in the men's side of things for the 2023 U.S. Open, plus 115. Remember, he did not play in this event last year. He is now back at the U.S. Open, which he has won three times. He has finished runner-up six times as well, still looking for that 24th major in his career. It would be the most all-time in the Open era. Carlos Alcaraz, the winner at Wimbledon, the reigning champion, the second-best price, plus 140. Igor Fiontech was upset in the quarterfinal round at Wimbledon, but still the number one player in the world is the favorite in the women's draw for the 2023 U.S. Open, a plus 240 number. More on the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The opening weekend of the second half of the Major League Baseball season, that first series of this second half, now in the books for the home stretch of the 2023 Major League Baseball season. Welcome back to a Monday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens, my guy, and I mean my guy. Donnie Wrightson, mm. DRS, is here bright and early on this Monday as well to recap a weekend around the Major League Baseball diamond. DRS, as always, Thank you for joining us here on this Monday on the morning after. 
Yep, and it feels like Christmas Eve here a little bit, Ben, because tomorrow those rookies show up in training camps across the NFL. Ooh. And also, is there a more exciting time in Major League Baseball than before the trade deadline when massive superstars could change the landscape of the sport? I'm ready to go. Let's do it. DRS, let's fire through. Just over two yeah. weeks away from that Major League Baseball trade deadline yeah. on August 1st. And we'll talk about the Los Angeles Angels in just a moment and what might be on the horizon for the Halos. But we start with a monumental weekend, DRS, in the National League Central. The Brewers and the Reds in Cincinnati. Since he entered the weekend and the second half of this MLB year with a one-game lead in the National League Central. But the Brewers take all three. They sweep Cincinnati in Cincy to now hold a two-game advantage over the Reds, including a 4-3 victory yesterday. So DRS, not only the opening weekend of the second half, but the final weekend of the first half entering the All-Star break, where the Brewers won the weekend series, taking two of three from the Reds in Milwaukee. So the Brew Crew have taken five of six against their divisional rival and now hold that two-game advantage in the National League Central DRS, just showing how important this first weekend of the second half indeed was. Massive. And how much can you trust the team? Because the, always the thought process on the Reds was, oh, that's a really young, fun one through nine in the lineup. They just don't have enough pitching. And then as I call them the boring brewers, well, they have good frontline pitching. They got a good bullpen and their lineup will be able to sustain. Because again, it's not a great central division overall. But I thought you saw maybe the cream rising to the top a little bit early there. The Brewers are the best team in the division, as I've stated. If you have much better pitching, you're probably going to win out. Even though if you're not a Brewers fan or a Reds fan, you're probably taking a step back and well, I probably would cheer for the Reds because of how much fun that one through nine is. They've got another call up yep. today with an exciting young prospect. They're a fun team here, but fun sometimes doesn't equate to postseason success. And it's probably going to be the Brewers winning this division and heading to the postseason. DRS entering the weekend again. Cincinnati not only held a one-game advantage, now they mm -hmm. trail by two games, but the Brewers were just an even money plus 100 favorite to win the Central. Now it's an odds-on price, minus 160 on Milwaukee, now live to win the National League Central on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Since he's still that second-best number, but now at plus 200. DRS, after only the opening weekend of this second half, but of course, two very important series on either end of the All-Star break do these odds in the nl central make sense to you they do make sense here and also let's keep in fact that is this cincinnati's ownership group that says this is the year that we go all in and what i don't mean all in by saying we're going to win the world series but do we get an extra two pitchers here and give up some prospects in order to do that or do you wait and recalibrate in the offseason the one thing we do know is the brewers have done some odd things at the trade deadline trading maybe the best closer in baseball in josh Hader last year mm -hmm. let's see if they trade devin williams now at the deadline because they thought they got great value back but for me i think the reds are in that position where we might add somebody but I can't trust that Reds lineup all the way through as they get the second and third time around the league and also the pitching does leave a lot to be desired it'll be the Brewers but I'm looking forward to the Reds here in the future this year just not their time yet then DRS have a plus 150 number on Cincinnati to win the National yep. League Central. I'm hoping the Reds decide to go all in ahead of the mm -hmm. MLB trade deadline. Elsewhere, DRS, a very important series for two teams trending in a slightly positive direction, entering the All-Star break. The San Diego Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies. They played four games with a doubleheader on Saturday. Philly won both of those. And then the finale yesterday in the city of brotherly love as well. In 12 innings, a bomb not quite quite a bomb but a sacrifice fly gives Philadelphia the win seven to six in extras against 
the Padres. Now DRS, Philadelphia has won 26 of their last 36 games. Philly is on a very positive direct uh, trajectory. The Padres, though, DRS, a slightly different story, but a big series victory taking three of four for the Phils against the Padres. Massive all the way around, Ben. Why is that? Because you take a look at the Padres. Now, it's 10 games back in the National League West, and certainly I believe it's eight games, I want to say, out of the wild card. And also, you take a look at the Philadelphia Phillies fighting for a wild card positioning. Three to four games out of the break is huge. But also, let's be real, trade deadline is coming up. There's a lot of superstars on that Padres team, including one in Juan Soto, who's not signed into the future. So that's one to keep an eye on, particularly with the Philadelphia Phillies maybe eyeing Juan Soto to come there. If you would have seen a role reversal. The Padres win three or four from the Philadelphia Phillies. The Padres might be like, hey, we're yeah. not selling anybody. We might even add one at the deadline. This makes it very interesting. One of the most talented teams we've seen in baseball over the past decade sits at 44 and 50 here. Changes just might be on the horizon for the Padres. Six games below 500. You see the price Maybe. for San Diego in the National League pennant race. Philadelphia is still at the moment a half game behind Arizona for that third and final National League wild card spot. So the Padres have been disappointing. Six games below 500. The Mets seven games below 500 eight and a half back of a wild card spot in the national league but finally the new york mets get a victory after the all-star break snapping a four game skid walking it off in extras last night at city field against the la dodgers luis guillorme an rbi double in the extras in the home half to walk it off for the amazons a big victory drs finally for the mets who desperately needed just to eke across a win it's amazing. They're 18 and a half games back just outside of the all-star break here in the NL East, a team that was so talented to enter the season. We thought many things would happen for them in a good way, which included, hey, hanging around to the trade deadline and adding more pieces to their team. When I don't know where you go if you're Steve Cohen, because it's clear to me, one of those yeah. teams that is talented, I don't know if adding on is going to make any sense for them, even though their owner has the deepest pockets in Major League Baseball. It's just been a disaster for the Mets, but maybe a little bit of a silver lining last night finally getting a win 25 to 1 for the Padres again 40 to 1 for New York what do those two prices in the pennant race mean for a major league baseball trade deadline and DRS when is the price on Baltimore going to be accurately reflected in the American League because the O's have won eight straight games in fact they were facing off against the Marlins Miami entered the second half of the season with the second best mark in the National League no longer Baltimore sweeps the fish the O's have won eight straight games drs this baltimore team feels legitimate please tell me they are they are legitimate here look you might have a little bit of fun there in april and may and then when you say okay the dog days of summer on the horizon we are what we thought we are that's not the case here with the orioles 57 and 35 22 games above 500 and closing the door on the race the race who we thought might win 120 games on the season the orioles are almost ready to track them down post all-star break which is impressive yep. if this team gets a true frontline pitcher here maybe adds a bat and a little bit to the bullpen why can't they be a contender no longer are we looking at that division going well sooner or later the Yankees the Red Sox and the Blue Jays are going to chase them down why they haven't done it yet here and now the Orioles are the one chasing down the big dogs here in the Tampa Bay Rays I love what the Orioles are doing I hope they make some good decisions at the deadline it's a fun young lineup that just needs a starting yeah. pitcher or two and they can really do some damage here
DRS, those odds make no sense to me. The odds in the American League East make absolutely zero sense to me. I understand Tampa's historic start to this season, yeah. but the Rays still with 75-plus games left in this Major League Baseball season, or around that mark, at least 70. The Rays only hold a one-game advantage over the Orioles, and they're still booked as a greater than $3 favorite at minus yeah. 330. Baltimore's one eight straight. They only trail by a single game. Everybody in the American League East, including the Toronto Blue Jays, six games above 500 or better as the Blue Jays sweep the D-backs in Toronto, and they have also won eight of their last nine, winning the finale yesterday against the Diamondbacks, seven to five. We'll set forward the week that is about to come up in Major League Baseball with DRS up next, live right here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live right here, back on a Monday morning on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, all across the Sports Grid network. He is DRS, Donnie Wright side here for a second consecutive segment. I am Ben Stevens. So DRS, the second series now of the Major League Baseball second half of this season. And a big one in Texas between the Rangers and the Rays, two of the three best records in the American League facing off today in Texas. The Rangers sweeping the Guardians over the weekend. Now they welcome in the Rays. We mentioned it. Tampa, 9-14 in their last 25 games on either side of the All-Star break. They did win the weekend series against the Royals, one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, but they dropped the finale yesterday against KC. DRS, as these two teams get ready to square off in Arlington today, Hey, what's the breakdown? Here's the breakdown from me. Shane McClanahan's going to take the mound. That's typically say to yourself, perfect, man. If we want to start to get an edge here and fend off the Orioles and beat a very quality opponent here in the Texas Rangers, we need great starting pitching, and you expect to get that from a Cy Young candidate. Having said that, though, last couple starts here have been really shaking for McClanahan. One of the things that you have to like, though, is he did get extra downtime here with that all-star break. But if I'm a betting man, which I am, and you see a slight favorite here to the Tampa Bay Rays, probably rightfully so, but this is one where you could say to yourself, well, yeah. He doesn't really pitch that last couple games. What, four innings, four innings? He might only go four or five yeah. today. If you expect a strong start out of McClanahan, you know they're probably going to win the game for the Rays. But having said that, I can't bet on that, Kevin. Or Kevin, how about that? Look at that, already focused here on my show here. <laughs> but by the way, with Tampa Bay, I don't know where to go here. So I can't take them with McClanahan on the mound, Kevin. Hey, listen, DRS, I appreciate that. It feels symbiotic, right? We're building up a yep. little rapport here, so I appreciate it <laughs> nonetheless. But to your point yeah. about McClanahan, his last two starts, he left early from a start yeah. two starts ago now against Kansas City. Yeah. The date of that start against the Royals, Thursday, June 22nd, after only three and two-thirds, he left with back tightness. He had a couple of days off, had a good throwing session, came back on the bump at the end of June against the Mariners. The Rangers He's won the game 15 to 4, but McClanahan had only three innings of work and gave up four earned runs. Then Tampa placed him on the IL, knowing the all-star break was coming up in just about a week and a half. He gets that extra rest. Now he is back. Again, like DRS mentioned, the Rays a row 
road favorite, minus 118. So DRS, still two of the three best records in the American League right now, Texas and Tampa Bay. The Rays still one game better than the Baltimore Orioles. As you look at these two teams, DRS, now the start of the second half, where do you think their prospects lie for making a deep October run? I mean, I always have liked the Texas Rangers, to be honest with you. I love that one through nine. I think it's more explosive than the Rays, even though the Rays got off to such a hot start there at the plate. It's like, okay, sooner or later they are going to have to cool down. But the guys that we were supposed to rely on at the top of that lineup here, particularly from a pitching perspective, for the Rays getting banged up, getting injured. And if McClanahan isn't right in the second half, that's one of those guys where if you do make the playoffs, Ben, you actually have that true ace on the mound to start off the series, which we don't know if that's going to be the case. Hopefully returns back to form, but also from a Rangers perspective, we expected the ground to be there, Ben, at the end of the season being a starting game number one. We obviously know that's not going to be the case, but if we're looking at the deadline, the Rangers do have deep pockets. I believe they're going to go after another starter or two where the Rays will be like, hey, you know what, Ben? We'll just reach down to our minor league system and pull a prospect up to see if he can handle the heat. Yep. The Rays always make one or two moves ahead of the deadline. They're not the splashy biggest move that we might see ahead of that trade deadline, but always beneficial. Now, Tampa is used to this spot, DRS, a postseason team a season ago, the number one seed in the American League playoffs each of the two years prior. It will be interesting to see after the historic start to this year where the Rays now have come back down to earth, and that was the expectation after or over 162 games, I should say. What exactly lies ahead for Tampa Bay? What lies ahead for the Los Angeles Angels? Now, two games below 500. They had a lead early on Sunday night baseball in Anaheim yesterday against the Astros. And then Houston hit three home runs in the final two innings, added on another run as well. And they came back to beat the Angels 9 to eight. The Angels stay in Anaheim. They get ready to host the New York Yankees. The pinstripes on a slight West Coast trip. First against Colorado at Coors Field. Now in Anaheim. DRS, is this when the Angels start to turn it around or is their season already done? I don't know if they turn it around. I do believe the season is already done. The only question marks now is who's going to actually be on that team post-deadline. It's going to be Mike Trout. It's going to be Anthony yeah. Rendon. It's going to be Shohei Otani. But for tonight, if we're just looking at a one-game capsule, I do believe the Angels are the better team here. Luis Severino, not a great pitcher here. Really struggling, Ben, from the left-hand side of the plate facing those batters. A 273 ISO power number to weighted on base percentage of 533 over the past 30 days in Major League Baseball. You take a look at some of those hitters in the middle of the lineup. Otani, Moniak, Ward. Moustakis have done really well along with Hunter Renfro against right-handed pitching over the past month here. And you have hitting conditions that are very good tonight out in L.A. 80 degrees at night at first pitch. I think we do get some runs. And also, I think the Angels are the better team here. But sooner or later, some big changes are going to have to be made for those Angels. And maybe the big changes go from locker room to locker room. Otani just takes the jet back to the Bronx with the Yanks. Oh, maybe that is in play. It would be good for the American League MVP price if you have paid it on Shohei Otani. Otani, by the way, a home run in each of the past two games. The Angels were victorious on Saturday evening in Anaheim, 13 to 12 over Houston in extra innings. Otani tried to muster up a rally for the Halos last night in the home half of the ninth, hitting his 34th home run of the year that leads all of Major League Baseball, but it comes up in a losing effort. What else is 
is new for the Angels. Shohei Otani continues a historic pace, and the Angels still lose a baseball game. In fact, DRS, they have lost 15 of their last 20, seven of their last eight, and two of three, of course, in their first weekend series in the second half against the Astros. DRS, is there any confidence, any confidence the Angels turn things around, or do you think their focus is on what pieces might be on the chopping block or trading block, per se, before the trade deadline? Out in L.A., you know what I mean? Housing prices booming out there as usual. You know what should be out there? A for sale sign out there in Anaheim in front of the stadium. Come one, come all. Make bids for Hall of Fame players at a discount price, mm. Ben. That is what it might be. Again, 15 days until the Major League Baseball trade deadline on August 1st. And I think one of the premier questions right now, DRS, is Shohei Otani mm -hmm on the move and if he is where might he go because don't forget it's not about just giving back probably one of the most valuable assets and package deals we've ever seen in the history of major league baseball in a mid-season trade but you have to have enough money probably at least half a billion dollars to pay Shohei Otani when he becomes a free agent at the end of this year again the Angels two games below 500 so DRS the Reds get swept this weekend in Cincinnati yep. by the Brewers now they're down by two games in the National League Central. The Giants still keeping pace in the National League West. San Francisco winners of four straight games. These two face off today in the Great American Ballpark. DRS, break it down for us. Yeah, number one, I would actually like to take the under here. It's always tough in Great American Ballpark to take unders here because there is hitting weather, 76, 77 degrees at first pitch, Ben, wind blowing out to left field. But if we take a look today at this game, I'll take the under, which it takes 11 to beat here, so we'll stick around that 10 yeah. frame. But having said that, you take a look at San Francisco, Logan Webb's on the mound today. He's going up against an electric lineup. But my goodness, the statistics on the year for 2023 have been off the charts for Webb. Take a look at this, 502 batters, Ben, he's faced on the season. ISO power number 129, weighted on base percentage 292 both are fantastic but even if you take a look at the last 30 days of major league baseball ben 141 batters he's faced he's improved it from a 129 iso to an 090 from a weighted on base percentage of 292 to a 288 strikeout percentage against left-handed batters 32 percent even though both of these lineups should be able to hit i think the pitchers might have the advantage today in a hitter's ballpark i'll lean on the under but also i do think the giants have the better pitcher on the mound and typically that what wins out tough scene right now for the reds man they're looking to make some hay and i don't think they're going to do that today against the giants a very difficult start maybe in store to the second yeah. half for Cincinnati. Again, San Francisco greater than a dollar and sixty favorite, even as the road team on that money line in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. The total at ten. I sold the Giants short DRS. It's not four straight wins, it's five straight for San Francisco. They trail LA by a game and a half in the National League West. The Dodgers did win six straight, entering yesterday's finale in Queens against the Mets. Of course, as we showed you, the Amazons walked it off in extras. DRS, the Dodgers have won this division 10 of the last 11 Major League Baseball seasons. Is it going to be 11 of 12 for LA this year? I believe it is, because the one thing we know about the Dodgers, plenty of prospects, plenty of money. If they're in it, they're going to make moves to improve their team. So the team that you see right now in the field for the Los Angeles Dodgers, both at the plate and on the mound, that's going to change in the next two to three weeks. And for the better, they're not selling any pieces, Ben. They're adding to that team. Watch out for the Dodgers. 
The Dodgers and the Orioles DRS today. The Dodgers and the Orioles, two of the five best records in Major League Baseball, facing off today in Camden Yards. DRS, just how good is this game going to be? And don't look now, but Baltimore's booked as the favorite DRS. Yeah, I think we're going to get some runs in this game. Grayson Rodriguez due to start here on the mound for the Orioles. Really struggled to start this season, but has worked on some things in AAA and has had some decent starts here before getting pulled back up. But having said that, that Dodgers lineup is loaded for Bear in a hitter's ballpark mm -hmm. tonight. I think we get runs. Forget about the winner. Let's just get some runs tonight and cash in some tickets tonight. Let's go over nine and a half DRS. Let's see double yeah. digits go across yeah. home play today between the Orioles and the Dodgers. Interesting bit of movement even early on this Monday. That line is completely flipped. We had the Dodgers as a minus 116 money line favorite live right now on FanDuel. It's the Orioles winners of eight consecutive games as a minus 116 ah. money line favorite DRS. What a pleasure that was. It's fun mm. working with you, co-hosting the couple Let's do it again in the future. Together. Yeah. I think we should, DRS, certainly next maybe. week, maybe after that. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All-Star Weekend out in Las Vegas for the WNBA. A ton to break down and get you set for the second half that starts tomorrow night in the W. During these summer months, there is still action on the basketball floor. So on this Monday, we welcome in our coach, JY. James Young live right here this Monday on TMA. JY, thank you very much for joining us on this Monday morning. Hope the weekend on betting above the rim. Batter with Kevin Walsh was sensational as well. Hope the beach club was great. Hope everything, JY, for you is going swimmingly on this Monday. You know what, Ben? You're a good friend. It was a great weekend. Thank you. No beach club yesterday, a little rest up, but that's all right. Sun's out today. I think I'm going to get a little beach time in this afternoon. I'm happy for you, JY. And a winner given out by James Young on Friday's edition of the morning after to set up All-Star Weekend in the W over 248 and a half. JY was very resounding in his case that the over was going to come into play, and it did. 143, 127, the slight upset for Team Stewie. Brianna Stewart captaining her team with Jewel Lloyd, the game's MVP, who was 10 of 21 from deep for 31 points. My friends I coach women's college basketball weren't happy with what transpired, but I was okay with it. They needed to put on a performance. This is a, a critical part of the WNBA now with their new TV money, you know, obviously, Brittany Griner being home, two fabulous teams in the Aces and the Liberty. They needed a really good, strong performance. And I was worried, Ben. 29 27 after the first quarter. I'm like, oh, here we go. This game is not going to be as exciting as people thought. And then they went out and put an 80 point second quarter. And then I think an 87 or a 77 point uh, fourth quarter. Sorry, I'm like trying to add yeah. this up. 67. So they picked the pace up after quarter number one. So I, I thought that it was it was a great show, and it showed the WNBA in regards to just the, not the Liberty 
and the Aces, but a player like Jewel Lloyd, who I think is the best one-on-one player in the WNBA, who was behind Stewie and Sue Bird in yeah. Seattle, she got to shine a little bit for a team in Seattle Storm that's really not had a great year. 10 made threes, 10 of 21 from deep, 31 points. That's an all-star game record in WNBA history on route to winning the MVP award for that game. In Seattle right now, JY, 4-16. and 16. They have the worst record in the W, so a highlight for Jewel Lloyd when she looks back on this summer in 2023. We saw a dunk from Brittany Griner. The Mercury also not having a great year, but that's what all-star games are. They should be at an exhibition of the best and brightest. We don't need to see lockup defense. We certainly don't see it in the NBA. Why would it be any different in the W? Let's see points. Let's see exciting things we don't get to see on a regular basis. Speaking of exciting, Sabrina Ionescu on Friday night in the three-point contest made a record 20 consecutive threes and shots during that and set a final round record with 37 points to win. So history all across the place in WNBA All-Star Weekend. Brianna Stewart was a captain of her side. They win by 16 outright as a four-and-a-half-point underdog in the WNBA All-Star Game. Stewie was okay, JY. Nine points nine boards six times nothing to really write home about but she is greater than a three dollar favorite at minus 320 to win the WNBA regular season MVP award JY at the all-star break that price would make it seem like Stewie is a lock is that the case in your mind you would think so look at her stats folks I got something pretty interesting Liberty have lost four games this year do you know in those four games she has scored 12 20, which is uh, 12 and 16 points. What does that mean, folks? Three out of her four lowest scoring game, five or uh, four lowest scoring games this year came in losses. And if you look at the game mm. versus the Las Vegas Aces in that critical third quarter run, 0 for 5 from the floor from Stewie. Why am I giving you all the negative to show that she is the most valuable player? Think about this, folks. If you take Brianna Stewart off the New York Liberty, are they the second-best team in the WNBA? No. Are they third-best? No. Are they fourth-best? No. Fifth-best? No. Maybe sixth. Well, go ahead and take Asia Wilson off a team like the Las Vegas Aces. They still got Candace Parker. They still got Chelsea Gray. They still have Kelsey Plum. Mm. They still have Jackie Young. They still have three other All-Stars and arguably some of the best offensive creators in the game. So, to me... Yep. Because Stewie is so needed on a game-in and game-out basis to be great, she should be the favorite to win the MVP. But I will say this, Liberty fans, and me being one of them, if the Liberty are going to make a run and maybe win a WNBA championship, remember, they have to play the Aces three more times, two of them in New York, headlined by the first game, August 6th, 3 o'clock ESPN. They put it already in the prime spot for WNBA coverage. Yeah, They need Sabrina Anescu to be her. Not the singer her. They need it to be her. Meaning that there's got to be times where she's got to be Batman, and then Stewie goes to Robin, and vice versa. When those two are cooking at the same time, I think they're as good as any pair in the WNBA.
Brianna Stewart right now is the favorite. She won the WNBA MVP award back in 2018. Asia Wilson, the reigning MVP in the W, the second best price for the Las Vegas Aces at plus 320. Liberty have the second best record. The reigning champs, the Aces, have the first best mark. Connecticut has that third best record, but still only three and a half games behind Las Vegas. So, JY, we look at the bottom end of the table. 12 teams in the WNBA, eight of them make the playoffs and JY as the odds would say right now the teams that currently sit in seventh and eighth the Minnesota Lynx and the Chicago Sky although they only have a one game lead due to the Sky over the Sparks they're a pretty heavy favorite to make it into the postseason does our coach JY agree with the odds that he sees on his screen I, I do I know I know people have been really impressed with the Indiana Fever early on folks they've lost seven or eight games in a row so they're down Forget the storm. You know, the Sparks have started out hot, and they've been so cold. And you look at teams like the Minnesota Lakes have played better as of late since Diamond Miller's come back from an injury. And the Chicago Sky, a little bit of controversy with James Wade, uh, the coach. Not Dwayne Wade, now the part owner, James Wade, going on Redikovich's staff with the Toronto Raptors. But they still got that backcourt of Kalia Copper and Marina Mabry. So that should be enough to get them in. I will say this, yeah. folks. When you start looking at the WNBA, I, th I think a way that people can attack this, Ben, honestly, are the team win totals, which have now come out by FanDuel again at the mm. midway break. I think there is opportunities, Ben, to make some money. Chicago right now, 15 and a half is the updated win total. They have eight at the All-Star break. The over has the juice. Minnesota, their win total, 17 and a half. Slight juice to the under and the LA Sparks, who have seven wins right now. 14 and a half is that win total at the halfway point of this WNBA season. All right, now back to the top of the table. The Aces, the best record, only two losses this year. The Liberty only have four losses. The Sun only have five losses. Losses. And JY, we thought this was going to be the case. The super team era in the WNBA. Well, the Aces are greater than a $3 favorite, minus 340, to win their second consecutive WNBA championship. The Liberty have that second best number currently, plus 280, and then still a very large drop off to Connecticut at 26 to 1. JY, for the WNBA title this year, is it just a two team race? I think so. With Brianna Jones, the center for the Connecticut Sun, going down to an Achilles injury, I think it is a two-team race. I don't trust the Mystics as much as people think. Wings been exciting. They gave uh, one or two losses uh, to the Aces. They're too far away. Now, here's what I say. Shout out to our backcourt mate, Kevin Walsh, from NBA Draft Cup, mm. who made a good point. I wouldn't touch the Liberty now plus two eight. Two ways you can look at the Liberty. Wait and see if they lose a couple of games more to the Aces. The last time they lost, it moved by more a, more than a dollar. Maybe see what happens in some of the other games. Or Kevin's idea, smart. Wait to see if they get to the M WNBA Finals and maybe take them plus in the series spread price. That could be a way that you can make money on a New York Liberty team that's going to be flat out dangerous. But keep that up there real quick, guys, because there is a team, when you look at their win total, that I love, 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 and it's the Atlanta Dream. You're like, what? Atlanta hmm. Dream? It's 20 and a half. They're 11 and eight. They've won six in a row. 
Yes, they got two versus Connecticut, one versus New York, three versus Vegas. But think about it. They got to play Minnesota twice. They got to play Phoenix three times. They got to play LA once and have to play Seattle twice. They got to get me 10 more wins. So if you look at those eight games, they should be able to get me six. Now, if they, they've beaten the Liberty already this year, can they steal a couple from that top group? They may. The Atlanta Dream, Ryan Howard has been on an absolute tear. Look at them mm. possibly to go over their win total of 20 and a half. And on the flip side, I am fading. I hate to say this. I am fading uh, Indiana. I'm fading the fever. I know they got through a hot start. Their schedule is brutal down the stretch. They've lost eight in a row. And I think they've come back to reality. Like the under for the fever, over for the dream. Dream right now, 20 and a half is that win total. Winners of six straight. As JY mentioned, on the other edge of that equation, the Fever have lost eight consecutive. They're five and 15. Their win total, 13 and a half. The two number one picks in the last two WNBA drafts, Aliyah Boston has been sensational for Indiana. Ryan Howard out of Kentucky has been great for Atlanta as well. All right, JY, the finale tonight of the NBA 2K24 Summer League out in Los Las Vegas. It's the Rockets and the Cavaliers for a championship. The Cavs team booked as a three and a half point favorite. The over understands at 189 and a hook. Give us the breakdown. How does JY see the Summer League final tonight? Well, the, the, the line has already moved in the last hour, so it's now up to three and a half uh, for Cleveland. So yep. when you look at this game, it's going to be tough uh, if you think for Houston because of the play of Jabari Smith and Tori Eason early on in summer league but i don't know because a guy that we talked about on nba draft night that slip is mm. starting to ball out and his name is cam whitmore i got burned burned ben so bad trying to take the under in the game between the rockets and the jazz i shall not fall for it again this team in houston scores in bunches I think the best play mm. is I like over 189 and a half for a team in Houston. I think I scored, I think about 109, 110 points per game. They are firing. Give me the over in that game tonight. Cam Whitmore averaging better than 20 points per game in the five he has played for Houston in Summer League to score 20 plus tonight, minus 150. JY, a fadeaway to the beach club, a great breakdown of all things hoops here in the summer on the morning after on this Monday. More TMA up next. Better sure than an Eskew, I said it. Whoa, hey. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Running out this opening hour of a Monday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. So as we round out this opening hour, we remind you about the new SportsGrid app. The ultimate sports betting companion app now available for download at the Apple App Store. Scan the QR code on your screen. In a matter of moments, you will have 
all of our information, all of our insight, all of our data in the palm of your hand. The best bets, the five-star plays, all of that to make you a better sports better. It is smarter to be on SportsGrid. So as we round out this opening hour, we wanted to hear from you. 15 days until the Major League Baseball trade deadline. It's August 1st, and probably the biggest focus we will have with the most storyline and speculation around is Shohei Otani going to be dealt by the Los Angeles Angels. That was the question for you in Fade the Public. At SportsGrid TV on Twitter, will Shohei Otani be traded ahead of the MLB trade deadline on August 1st? The two answers, of course, yes or no. Most of the public still saying no. About 58, 59% of the public thinking the Angels are going to hold on to Shohei Otani. That could be for a multitude of reasons, right? The Angels find their way back into contention for a wild card spot in the American League, but they currently are two games below 500, six games out of a wild card spot in the AL at this moment it could also be because the asking price for Shohei Otani is just too steep for a team to pay at this point with an in-season trade in MLB you would have to give back a ton of your farm system and a ton of valuable assets to Los Angeles and there is not necessarily a guarantee you keep Otani in the offseason he's a free agent he is going to make at least half a billion dollars. Hour number two of the morning after is up next.